0: Before you try to take diet and nutrition out of the equation and make it its own thing with all these specific little parameters that you have to follow, yeah, you'd be so much better served by taking just that, that eagle eye view of your entire life, your entire lifestyle, what your goals are for your, for your business, mm-hmm. uh, as well as kind of like your physique, your body composition, all these things. If you get clear about what you want long term, then it becomes easier to set up the daily practices.
1: Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready, let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand Podcast. Today, I am fired up because I've got another featured guest, but here's the deal. I'm inviting him back. He's already been on, and uh, he went through his story, he talked about how he went from really not being in good health and how that led him to becoming the fat-burning man. Abel James is back on the show, and if you recall, the last time I had him on, I said to him, I got to get you back on just to kind of focus in on health and being more productive as an entrepreneur, because let's face it, as you become an entrepreneur, you think that your life is going to become easier, and it can but a lot of times we have more stuff to do and we have to really control that. And one of the things that we we tend to forget or we tend to to kind of not look at as important is our health, our fitness, and the things that we're doing on a regular basis. I also wanted to talk to him and really kind of talk about the, the whole high-fat diet, vegan, like all of those different things out there that we're hearing about, those, those different diets, if you will and uh, talk about Dave Asprey, uh, talked about uh, Darren Oline, who I recently had on the show, and, and really, what's his beliefs compared to their beliefs, and all of those things, because I don't know about you, but whenever I'm hearing about these diets, or just being healthy in general, there's all of these different ways, or People's uh, ideas or beliefs, and we tend to, to kind of buy into theirs because you know we want someone to follow that can help us, you know, and lead us to where we want to go. And in my case, I want to live longer, I want to be healthier, I want to be around. And so uh, having Abel come back on was really uh, just a good conversation that helped me, but hopefully will help you when you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know, I'll do that health thing later. Or, you know, uh, I'm not really too concerned about the water I'm drinking right now just because it's water. It's not all the same. And we talk a lot of... Uh just about ways that we can get more from ourselves as far as more, being more productive, but then also how to stay healthier and give ourselves the best chance of being successful. So I just love jamming on this, this type of uh, content or these topics, so hopefully you're going to enjoy it as well. I think you are, because uh, it's a really good conversation and uh, some really cool things I learned that I didn't know before I did this interview. So I'm going to stop talking now so you can enjoy this conversation with my good buddy, Abel James. Enjoy. Hey, Abel, thank you so much, man, for coming back on the podcast. I told you we were going to make this happen and get you back on and talk about this health and fitness thing.
0: What's up, man? I'm, I'm psyched, man. I could talk all day about this stuff. You know that.
1: I know you can. And, you know, the more I, I, I was looking into like who you've kind of crossed paths with and who you've done work with, I mean, Sean T, right? Uh, yeah, That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, he's, and a clo- the- he's remained a close friend over the years. Such a sweet guy. Sometimes you see people on TV or Yeah, who really out there B-list or A-list celebs or whatever, and they totally Mm. match up with who you think they are, and other times Mm. they don't. And Sean is like way like even sweeter than I would have ever imagined. Like he's hardcore with the workouts for sure. Oh yeah, got that work ethic and diligence, but he's just got the biggest heart of almost anyone I know.
1: Yeah, and the the crazy thing is, is he's actually the one that kind of got me into my health and fitness journey ten years ago. Wow. Uh, watching an infomercial at night. I think I seen insanity like three times before I ended up pulling the trigger. And uh, and and he ended up I ended up doing his his uh, insanity program and I was 38 at the time and I was probably 20 25 pounds overweight. I was I was never 200 pounds. I was about 190, 192 and okay. I dropped, man. And um, I just stuck to it, you know. And the diet was part of it, but it was just I stuck to something for that 60 days. You know what I mean? And yep. he was hardcore, man. I mean, I, people were in, in the program, were dropping out, you know, kind of getting arrested. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's okay to stop for a minute. You know, he was kicking my butt. But yeah, so Shanti really, really, uh, really just, he's been someone I, I've really looked up to and admired, uh, even to this day. So that's awesome that you've crossed paths with him. Dave Asprey, I've seen that you did some stuff with him. Yeah. And um, so then I started thinking, I literally just had Darren Oleen on. And I'm like, so he's someone that, I didn't realize he was part of Shakeology which is a Beachbody product. He was a co-creator. He's like the superfood hunter is what he, you know, people has kind of coined him as and uh, he was actually introduced to me through my son who's 22 who uh, said I should watch this show on Netflix, this Netflix original called Down to Earth and it's kind of where they go and they, they look at, you know, nutrition but, you know, the blue zones but they also look at like, you know, just the world in general. Like, you know, how can we how can we do better for the earth and, you know, just energy and waste and just all of that stuff. So, it's really, really, it was really cool and well done. But I had him on the show and I'm like, okay, so he's a little bit different than Dave. You know, Dave's got his own thing. I know that you and Dave have talked. I, I don't know where you guys fall as far as like, you know, like the high fat diet, you know, buttering your coffee and like all of this stuff. When I said that to Dave, Dave's like, I'm not, or not, not Dave, uh, Darren, he's like, I'm not really sure I'm a big fan of putting butter in your coffee, but eh, if you want to do it, you can because you like the way it tastes, but I don't know about the saturated fat and blah, blah, blah. So, let's kind of dig in. Like, let's start there, right? Like, yeah, sure. what's, your, what's, your, what's your thoughts as far as like diet and we won't go, we won't go exercise yet. It's just diet in general. Someone that wants to be optimal. We're entrepreneurs that are listening to this. We want to live a great life, but we also- we got a lot on our mind, a lot, of, a lot on our plate.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll start by saying health isn't one size fits all. It's mm. really not. And so when you see people in the athletic sphere, nutrition sphere, doctors, all the rest of it, everyone who even has it dialed in is, is still kind of doing it in their own way that matches up with their lifestyle, their goals. Um, mm. We're not going to talk about athletics yet, but... For me, that's the biggest driver of nutrition because if you don't if you don't have your nutrition nailed down and you mm-hmm. try to do the intense competition thing or you really get into the exercise, you learn yeah. pretty quick that it's not gonna work out, or at least you're not going to be achieving the amount of performance in your mm-hmm. life and in, toward your goals that you otherwise would if, if you really know what you're doing from a nutrition standpoint. So mm. as far as butter in the coffee goes, it's one of those like clickbait ideas to some degree uh-huh. that yeah like i've done and i do sometimes but i like cream in my coffee like i drink coffee all day sometimes it's black usually it's grass-fed pastured heavy cream mm-hmm. a 2 to be specific if i can get it which means it's a, a t- cream from a type of cow that we're better able to digest um, okay b- because essentially what you have with food it's all of these wolves that have been bred into chihuahuas and zucchinis mm-hmm. and like processed food and whatever. So yeah. whether you're talking about fruit or fat or animal foods, it's all been manipulated and it's not what our ancestors are eating. So mm-hmm. anyway, the reason that something like butter and coffee could work is the same reason that cream and coffee works. It's the same reason that like any fat works. And so there's no magic thing about butter in your coffee or even cream in your coffee but I tend to like it from a lifestyle perspective. Um, yeah, But there's such a big difference between, you know, the bulletproof coffee type idea and the butter coffee type thing where, where people are putting literally 500 plus calories of pure fat mm. into your coffee as your first thing of the day, thinking that it's going to help you fat. Mm. That's where words get tricky because if you only eat fat, yeah, you're going to burn fat. Um, and to some degree, it might help you kind of go down the path of building the metabolic machinery to use fat as fuel, Mm -hmm. at least better than you used to be able to it, but it's still 500 calories. I'd rather eat a whole chocolate bar. There are so many other things I would rather (laughs) eat than putting a stick of butter in my coffee, but as like a demonstration, once you're adept at burning fat and you've built that machinery, you can readily use butter as fuel, bacon, fat, cream, you could use soybean oil if you wanted to, but it's going mm-hmm. to act differently within your body. So <clears throat> when it comes to people like like Dave Asprey, we've, uh, yes, we've done a lot of work together over the years. We've done live streams, many interviews, different uh, documentary programs and stuff like that. <clears throat> and for the most part, and we've hung out personally too, but although yeah. not for a while. But, you know, it's not all that different once you understand how the body works, and the choices you have as to how to feed. Um, Now, saturated fat is something that's been completely vilified over the years. You know, some of the arguments around why we should be eating margarine, Mm. which obviously didn't work out well, um, (laughs) came from the same people who were saying that saturated fat is bad. When you look into the research, when you really get into the weeds in the research, you look into why meat, saturated fat, cholesterol have been vilified. It's quack science. It's total quack research. A lot of stuff has been covered up. There are a ridiculous amount of lobbyists and corporate interests that have been running the show for decades. And if you just look around, it's pretty obvious that no matter what the government recommendations are, if they're right or wrong, it's not working. It's absolutely not working. When I personally tried to avoid cholesterol and dietary fat, I had never been fatter or sicker by trying to use that even when I was running 30 plus miles a week. So mm. there are a whole lot of different ways to go about this, but if you're trying to go about it by being afraid of fat, being afraid of saturated fat, <laughs> and mm. being afraid of cholesterol, you're really not doing yourself any favors.
1: Mm. Okay. I mean that's I mean honestly I don't put a stick of butter in my coffee, but I do like like a tablespoon Right. And I, and I blend yeah. it, you know, I blend it and it, and it whips it. There's a
0: big difference between a tablespoon and a stick. People don't oh, yeah. realize that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I literally enjoy it. So it's like, you know, Dave, you know, talks about like the brain as far as what it does to the brain and, and whether that's, I guess, you know, if you're having butter in your coffee or you're having coconut oil or whatever MCT oils, like whatever, there's like some, and I don't know all the science behind it, but he's, you know, his, I guess, his angle is well, if you want high performance, especially in the morning when you're working, you know, you have a shot of that and you're going to be great. Um, whether that's true or not, like, I just enjoy it. Now, I don't have cream. I've actually switched cream with just a tablespoon of butter and I whip it yeah. and I'm happy, you know? So, and
0: from a practical standpoint, that's where butter makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. if I'm on the road, it's like really hard to carry around heavy cream, especially the exact stuff that you want. Whereas, um, butter can be room-stable for a while. I've flown with it, and <laughs> if you don't have that source of fat, then a lot of times you are forced on the road to eat that fry later oil that restaurants mm-hmm. and hotels and everyone else uses. So it's nice to have at least some form of um, – the reason that fat is, is useful from like a survival standpoint, and any animal would tell you this if they could speak our language, <laughs> is that it's, it's more than twice the calories that are in protein and in carbs per, per gram, per, yep. you know, per size. And so <clears throat> if you're carrying it around and it's some, somewhat shelf stable or it can last on the road, that's a really, you know, in a wild environment, that's a sought-after source of fuel. If you don't have that fuel, you can fast. And that's, that's kind of like my entryway into ketosis, keto, fat burning, that whole thing. I'm not big on keto dieting. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm about at all. Ketosis is more of a bodily function that's totally natural for, for pregnant mothers, for babies, for children, for adults. It's, it's a state that the body goes in when it's not being, um, you know, forced to deal with sugar all the mm-hmm. time or forced to deal with high glycemic carbs. Mm-hmm. So fat is super useful, but also like any amount of extra calories on your metabolism at some point is mm-hmm. going to add up to mm-hmm extra you know extra body fat or extra muscle it depends on how you do this that's why you know i am not anti-carb i am pretty anti-sugar but i i drink sugar sometimes like uh, especially after runs i eat sugar sometimes especially after big workouts mm-hmm. there are ways that when you partition these different macronutrients you that's that's where the real um science kicks in and that's where you don't have to understand the science necessarily, but if you save your carbs for post-workout mm-hmm. and you try to do some workouts fasted or, or, you know, with a little bit of fat to kind of get you some energy, but not too much without the carbs. Um, you can, you could, I mean, you could get really skinny. You can get really fat you can get really muscular. Same thing with a vegan diet. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, using your macronutrients in a specific way, um, There are so many different ways to do this, but you do kind of have to know what you're doing, you know, Mm. and you do have to treat your body as an N equals one experiment and be honest. Like if something isn't working out for you, like face that and, and, and try to make a little shift.
1: Mm. Yeah. The one thing that, uh, I heard Dave talk about and Darren had said it as well. Actually, Darren, we we were kind of going down the road, which I'd love your thoughts on this too. After I have a buddy of mine, a family member that was diagnosed with ALS about a year ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'd love to get some thoughts on that. Like, I mean, this guy, he totally switched his diet over to a lot plant-based, um, but just a lot of micronutrients. I mean, celery, like he's, you know, like, I mean, literally like squeezing and not squeezing, um, uh, juicing. Pre- juicing. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, basically he has like a glass, like tall glass, like this of like celery juice first thing in the morning, like he's going hardcore and it's actually helped him. Um, to the, to the point, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But we were, um, I'm trying to think where I was going before I got sidetracked on that, but we were talking, um, just about the, you know, the differences between like, okay, if you put, you know, you got people that are all plant-based, right. And then you got people that are like somewhat plant-based, but kind of (laughs) not like, you know what I mean? Like, so to me, it's like I said to you, and I was saying that, you know, when you follow these people and you're trying to get the best information, it's like, I just want to live a long time. Like, mm-hmm. that's it, right? Like, I've got, I got a family, like, I got a new grandbaby, like, I just, I want to be here, man. Like, I want to, I want to live for a long time. And I know Dave, he puts out there, I'm going to live to, I want to try to live to 180. I know that's a, that's a clickbaity thing too, right? It's like, sure. yeah, okay, sure, right? But it's, it, I do want to live long, right? And so. We just want to know what is the best thing. especially for us entrepreneurs, like, I mean, stress is a number one killer. We all know that. So, how do we reduce all that stuff? But then how do we put the right stuff in our body and, and not go, oh, wait a minute. Now, this person over here is saying, I shouldn't do that because then I'm going to have this. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I know what it was. Hold on a second. Uh, Viome. Have you heard of that company?
0: would you say, Viome? It's
1: called Viome. Um, basically, I, and then I, that's where I started with Dave because um, David recommended… Getting like your levels all tested, and I guess they'll basically do a fecal matter, and then you'll know everything—metals in your body, like all of that stuff. And Darren had said the same thing, but he was talking more about my buddy But he was saying everyone should do that to see where we're deficient because everyone isn't right, you know. So, plant-based, like you know, raw, you know, like what, what, what is your thing? I mean, you're an active guy. You're you're an entrepreneur. You've got a lot of stuff on your plate. What do you do as an entrepreneur and someone that's busy and stressed out at times to keep your body running right? What, what's your secret, man?
0: Our bodies run right, I believe, when we get out of our own way. So mm. a lot of the time I'm fasting. Like in the middle of the week, especially when I'm gunning it, and which I have been for several weeks, I'll do like 10 or 12 interviews in a row over the course of two days, them so more than two hours or whatever. Wow. And I – I don't remember the last time I ate a meal in the middle of one of those. And I've been doing this for like 10 years now, right? And um, intermittent fasting is also something I started about 10 years ago doing a 16-8 fast where I pushed breakfast out until 11 a.m., 12 a.m., and then mm-hmm. ate dinner and, and might snack in between or whatever. But the longer that I did that, uh, I found that it was easier to push it even longer. Um, and now, there's no... There's no like rainbow waiting for you there. It doesn't get better the harder you do it necessarily. Right. But but for me, after doing it for a while, especially being an entrepreneur, I very much enjoy the essentially like liquid diet where I may have a little bit of um, fat, like heavy cream or MCT oil, coconut oil in my coffee, like a tablespoon at a time, which Mm -hmm. is very little, you know, 100, 200 calories at a time, maybe max over the course of that day before my first meal. And then I'll break it at around 3 p.m., 4 p.m., sometimes 5 or 6 p.m. And I'll eat for about two, three or four hours, a a big meal of clean food. Mm -hmm. And if it's post-workout, you know, um, like I said, I'm not completely against carbs. I think if you keep them below you know 175 or certainly 50 no matter what your body composition you're going to be able to do some metabolic stuff that you Mm -hmm. weren't doing before specifically burning fat and and Mm -hmm. that can be really useful for these long interview days or you know for me i've been on camera as a performer or musician for a long time and sometimes you just cannot eat for 16 hours you're on Mm -hmm. set right yeah and so um I see it as kind of like a survival skill, something that makes you better at your job. And now pretty much all of us are performers on webcams and, and computers sure. and phones, whether we like it or not. And, uh, and, and what people don't always realize is that sometimes eating a meal can steal your energy. It really, you know, we've all experienced wanting to take a nap after breakfast or, oh, yeah. or after lunch, wanting to take a nap after dinner to me seems like Mm. a very reasonable thing, right? Like eating a big meal at six, the sun starts going down, you're hanging out, hopefully relaxing. I get really sleepy and I like to follow that as if we were camping, like when the sun goes down at eight or, you know, 7.30, I'm out by 8.30. You know, I'm Mm. I'm going to sleep so that I can wake up with the sun the next morning, hopefully, Mm. without an alarm. So um, before you try to take diet, nutrition out of the equation and make it its own thing with all these specific little parameters that you have to follow yeah you'd be so much better served by taking just that that eagle eye view of your entire life your entire lifestyle what your goals are for your for your business Mm -hmm. uh, as well as kind of like your physique your body composition all these things if you get clear about what you want long term then it becomes easier to set up the daily practices that you need to put those things but so anyway intermittent fasting is is my biggest tool and it's one that i i really think is more important to some degree than even the foods that you choose to eat in that eating window because what it's doing is it's giving your entire metabolism your entire digestive system in your body a break obviously you know intermittent fasting or extended fasting not good for kids not good for pregnant women not good if you have a history of eating disorders and that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. when you combine the intermittent fasting eating window type thing which also could just look like not snacking all the time right Right. if you just knock those out you don't have to call it fasting or whatever just like stop that stop Mm -hmm. snacking Mm -hmm. like all day try to snack for a few hours a day Mm -hmm. and and see if you feel better after a a while of doing that because what happens is for me i had to eat every like two or three hours when i was in my teens and and in my 20s, for the most part, without Mm -hmm. getting totally hangry, out of Mm -hmm. gas, cranky, just feeling like I really needed something. And I was super hungry all the time. Then Mm -hmm. I realized that when I pushed out breakfast to later in the day, I didn't get hungry until I started eating. And that's, um, you don't want to abuse this. But it's really important to embrace the times when you can just follow your own hunger. And if you're not hungry, and your body feels good, that's a really excellent state to because you are mobilizing fatty acids. You are burning fat. Um, you don't burn fat like a day at a time, though, or a mm. minute at a time, hours at a time. It takes weeks. It takes months. It takes years, kind of like building muscle. It's the, the little things that you do every day that really add up to massive results over the long term, for better or worse.
1: No, no, 100%. And I got to admit, like I've been intermittent fasting now for quite a while, too, at least probably two years. Uh and honestly, like I feel better. I do not feel hungry. It actually saves me time. I don't have to yep. cook breakfast. I don't have to clean dishes and put them away and yeah. all of that stuff, right? It's like for me, it's like out of the equation. And you're right. I can go long, I I can go till dinner time. Like, and I'm not yeah. missing anything. It's just, okay, it's maybe two o'clock, and I'll be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make a, an egg and I'm going to make uh, a little bit of broccoli or I'm going to have uh, maybe some uh, some cucumbers, some mini cucumbers, little Himalayan yeah. salt, and I'm good, right? Like, and I'm good. And then dinner comes and, and I'm, I'm, I'm eating, but it's not that I have to eat. But you're right. Once you start eating, that's when I get hungry. Yeah. yeah. You know?
0: And one thing that you want to be careful of, and myself included, is you don't want to push all of those calories to the end of the day and have a late mm. dinner. You know, the Italian 3-hour dinner, <laughs> yes. you know, that goes <laughs> until midnight. That's right. not great for our digestion. You know, you, you don't right. want to be just like putting all of that on your system as you go to sleep because that can mm. disrupt your sleep. So, uh, if you yeah. are going to do this, it's best to eat several hours before bedtime. And so mm. try not to have too late of a dinner. Easier said than done, you know, for everyone's lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I get a lot of questions about shift work and being um, a recovering musician who used to play like I would start my sets sometime, uh, sometimes at at midnight, at one thirty in the morning, at two thirty in the morning. I'd go on stage <laughs> and so, that's crazy. <laughs> like, good luck trying to keep your health if that's what you're. Yeah, if, you know, just like working in the emergency room all night. These are things that you have to um, take account of and and hopefully work through, but with in a different way than. Then I'm doing it, going to bed at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, you know, waking mm. up without an alarm. It's not going to work if you have shift work. So once again, the everyone is absolutely an individual. I think this is one of the biggest, you know, trends or new fads in yeah. health that we have to focus on mm. people as individuals and really, really treat that more than saying, look at this best diet ever. Look at this best supplement or food or, or workout or whatever, because these are all just tiny little Components of a giant machine that is your life Mm. and your body.
1: Yeah, and and so so you you don't classify yourself as like keto or plant based or you're just eating whole foods and you're eating what is good for your body and in your in your eyes and from through testing of what what you like and what you can have and what you don't like and how it reacts to your body is that accurate?
0: Yeah, but I'll give a a general overview of sure. That'd be great. Kind of the way that I, I think about it. And I would encourage more than looking into keto, paleo, wild, like I called my book, the wild diet, not because I want to own wild, but because it can't really be owned. It means nature, right. but natural doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm. So words are really tricky. And I would encourage people not to get too caught up in the identity-based piece mm. of all of this, because that's what really gets you into trouble. A vegan who can never eat mayonnaise or eggs, right. you know, tends to get himself into trouble to fall off the wild right. or whatever. You can do that with whatever dietary paradigm. So, I would encourage people to look, look back, look into the history of banting vegan diets in the 1800s. Like, you can find this stuff really easily, actually. And, mm. and also, Weston A. Price was the driver of a lot of the research that looked into nutrient density in diets. And this is from like the 40s. This is, this is a long time ago, but it's what wow. a lot of ancestral based eating and, and nutrition. And lifestyle is based upon and what you want to do is is focus on animals do something called high grading of food. So if a bear is, you know, giant grizzly needs tons of calories and it needs lots of nutrients as well. And so it kind of Mm -hmm. follows its intuition. And when there are all of those giant salmon that it's eating, just like as many as it wants in that typical (laughs) example, it will, these bears will tend to go to the organs first. They'll go to the organ meats because they're the most nutrient dense cats. A lot of predator species will do just that. They'll throw away or ignore the muscle meats once they've filled up on the fat and the nutrient dense. organs. And so Mm. that was a giant finding from looking at indigenous tribes and Weston A. Price was a dentist actually. So he looked at bone quality in people's teeth. And if you look in someone's teeth and they have, soft teeth they probably have soft bones if you have teeth problems you have problems with their bones most likely mm. and so he was just fascinated when when he went down that rabbit hole looking at all these indigenous tribes that were eating bugs and you know just like climbing mm. trees and and n- not engaging in anything remotely close to what westerners would call nutrition yeah. who you know didn't struggle with cancer weren't overweight, didn't have diabetes, didn't fall apart in their twenties, thirties, forties, or even eighties, you know, for yeah. a lot of them, as long as they didn't get eaten by a tiger or whatever. So right. looking at that nutrient density in foods um, requires for, for animal based foods, it needs to come from a healthy ant. Um, and you need it to be either preserved or eaten fresh. Same thing goes with plant food. If you pick something before it's right, or if you pick it, like like a lot of apples, they sit on ships or they sit in, in containers just waiting for a year before mm. you actually buy them at the grocery store. And so all the nutrients are essentially gone. The sugar's still there, but you, it's just a bag of sugar now. Whereas if you pick something out of your backyard, it's still essentially alive. And when you look at this holistically, it's not about the tiny little amount of, of B12 that's in it or a little bit of calcium. It's really about the whole picture. These foods tend to have, you know, if they have a toxin, they have the antidote, you know, like the toxins mm-hmm. in the, on the skin and the antidotes inside the meat or whatever of, of mm. the veggie or the fruit. And so nature really tries to give us these these ideal foods in wonderful little packages so that if you do eat them whole, not, not whole foods in the Amazon sense of the word because a lot of that is, is processed foods. You have to be really... Yeah clear on semantics and terminology and that's definitely used against us that's that's one of the reasons it's so difficult to do this is because we're being confused on mm. but when you go to nature and you try to eat fresh foods from nature i eat volume wise mostly plants but mm-hmm. but plants per volume have almost no calories in them so that mm. also becomes confusing <laughs> like so yeah I've, i'm plant-based but i But what does that mean, right? Like it Mm. used to mean something where the majority of my food volume comes from plants. But then the Mm. vegans decided to call everything plant-based, which is supposed to mean 100% or whatever. So it's very confusing. Yeah, it is. But as long as you do focus on getting those fresh foods from the plant kingdom, if you'd like, if you get the right mix of macronutrients, right, fat, protein, carbs from those, uh, you can totally do that, especially for a while. But I I really see the value in traditional bone broth eating nose to tail, um, eating organ meats to some degree, uh, is a part of eating nose to tail and just getting a wide variety of foods is extremely mm-hmm. important because then you're kind of spackling the gaps in all your nutrient deficiencies, uh, with your food. And then, uh, to your point. I would absolutely recommend that people do get tested for deficiencies especially Mm. vitamin d most people are deficient in vitamin d um (laughs) there are other ones that you can't really test for in the same way but Mm. we do know are useful like vitamin c and it's so interesting because everyone's looking for that that new sexy magic bullet supplement food workout or whatever whereas like there have been decades and decades of extremely compelling research about how bad vitamin d deficiency is for us and, and we all know how easy it is to like take some vitamin d or go out in the sun but people don't do it and so the vast majority of so uh, vast majority of us are at huge risk for getting sick for getting disease or just being suboptimal because we don't have the you know critical levels that we need of these really boring well-known nutrients
1: mm. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think vitamin D it just, I, for me personally has been like an eye opener. Just like, it's so simple. I take yeah. it every morning too. But again, I probably should get tested to see how deficient and then am I taking the right amount? And yep. like, I always do vitamin C and vitamin D first thing in the morning. I do that with my full glass of water, reverse osmosis, a little Himalayan salt. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to do it all right, trying to do yeah. it all right. And, uh you know, and actually one thing that Darren, he went down a rabbit hole on water in in general, just like yeah. water is not equal. And, um, and he was even talking about like having it in a blue bottle and then putting it in the sun because then it gets the sun's energy. And like, yeah. it's pretty cool stuff, man. And he was even talking about having like, um, uh, you know, just different gratitude sayings on it that actually by the sun penetrating that could also give it positive energy and like all this stuff. And I'm like, it might be woo-woo, man, but I love it. Like, I love yeah. the idea of being drinking it mean being like love. It says love. I'm going to drink love right now. Put love into my body, you know?
0: Exactly. But my mom was totally into that. She's a holistic nurse practitioner. So oh, nice. That, that wacky. Yeah. World. And um, she's literally sent us many blue bottles to put water in. And we do that sometimes. Nice. And- and, you know, I hated it growing up because I thought it was so tacky and just, like, yeah. you know, she has all these, like, angel sayings up on these little placards and Yeah, stuff. yeah. And, and um, as, as I kind of went through the rebellion stage and then I've come back, I, I love that <laughs> stuff. Now. Yeah. You know, in, in moderation. But sure. it does become metaphysical. The hidden messages in water. Water is something that we really take for granted that was absolutely, like, the holiest of holies for mm. almost everyone who came before us. Mm. And, uh, one of the things that we really, my wife and I got interested in over the years, looking into the ancestral health and all of that, is looking into the ancestral spiritual beliefs that okay. a lot of these, these tribes and uh, the indigenous had all over the world. And um, especially when you explore some of these ruins, we live out in the southwest in the middle of nowhere in, of Colorado, but we're surrounded by these, these old Ponderosa pines.
1: And, oh, wow
0: pinyon pine trees that were literally planted as groves and manipulated by the Utes, uh, the Ute tribe who who lived out here for hundreds of years. And so some of these trees are like 600 years old and they still point to the water source or they still have like a little message that's that's written into the tree essentially. Oh, that's awesome. By bending it and tying it down over the years, they had a language where they would communicate um, with each other through the trees and they would set up like these giant forests as groves and um water was the most important part of all this like Mm. when you go to these ancient places you realize like one of the first things you see is all these little troughs or how they how they directed the water in specific ways and um and then you know later in life as well i i got into studying taoism and i met some some really like masters we live in a spiritual community now um in colorado and and so i've met a lot of people who live in the metaphysical right and wow. uh, a couple of them have said to me that they never drink water without blessing it first just in their wow. mind saying i love yep. you or mm-hmm. thank you or whatever is mm. is simple enough where it's like what's that going to hurt <laughs> you know yeah you, if that doesn't work <laughs> then like whatever what did you what did you have to lose
1: <laughs> oh 100% like yeah what do you have to lose how can that not feel good right mm-hmm. to say looking at a, a bottle or even just because it's blue, you're reminding yourself, even though, even, even if the, the the light penetrating blue doesn't have anything to do with it, I'm, I'm recognizing it and I'm thinking it and I'm putting it into my body, yeah. um, which I, I just thought was, was pretty awesome. Uh, just even him bringing that up and they did a whole episode. Um, he said they didn't even go as deep as they, as they really did behind the scenes and stuff, but there's a lot of just there's a lot of science behind it, but there's just a lot of just the energy in the, in the water, where it comes from, the stream, the sun hitting it and the certain elevation and, you know, and it's carrying molecules and like all this stuff that I don't really understand, but I find it fascinating yeah. and it makes me appreciate water. And it also makes me look at it and go, I don't want to drink water out of a plastic bottle necessarily, yeah. right? Like, it's like, yes, if I was, you know, thirsty as heck and that's all I had, yes. But in the same breath, I'm going to do everything I can to not because- know it's not the same like purified water like what really is that you know what i mean so yeah
0: exactly and and the (laughs) the standards of quality for water are shockingly um same with food same with food but uh we've lived in over a dozen different states my wife and i have tested high in lead multiple wow and we do our absolute best to avoid all these heavy metals and to drink Mm. really clean water and, and all the rest of it but if you're in arizona there's lead in your water if you're in Colorado, there's lead in your water. If you're in the Northeast, if you're in the UK, there's lead mm. in your water everywhere. It's, mm. uh, you know, industry has been destroying our environment for way longer than we've been alive. So even mm. where I grew up in New Hampshire, um, we would fish in a little pond next to our house, which was also in the middle. And uh, at some point, you know, we, we would eat the little perch and the pick roll and, and sure. we Go and get the sunfish sometimes and all the rest of it and when we this was like after we'd grown up i don't even remember exactly how it happened my dad was able to test some of the fish or the water and it was extremely high in mercury lead i think arsenic because of all the runoff from the asbestos mills and the Mm. cedar mills and some of the mining and just like all the rest of it that happens not just mm-hmm. in New Hampshire, but in the Smoky Mountains, even if you're totally remote. It's like there are mines up there in these mountains. Mm. Like anywhere there's a skiway, there's probably a mine there first. And our mm. water, everything leaches down um, and and collects and concentrates. And then, uh, you know, when it comes through the the tap and through the pipes, a lot of that infrastructure is really old too. So the water quality is something that is so easy to ignore. Mm. But once you really start paying attention to it and you have some some idea of how bad the situation is, it, you really get more conscious about it. And I think that's probably the most important thing. If you're drinking water consciously with a sense of gratitude, that does something to you physio- physiologically, whether you're yeah. talking metaphysical or not. Yep. We know that when we consume food and substances in different you know, psychological states, it has a different effect on our bodies.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. Um, okay. I know you got to run. But I do have a couple more quick questions. One is, what's your, what's your thoughts on fruit? Because we hear, don't eat fruit, don't eat a lot of it, too much sugar. Um, you know, what, what's your thoughts on it? I'll just give you a little side note. What I really have been liking is frozen grapes. Like, mm. loving them. Take them, wash them, organic, throw them in, a, in the freezer, little, little uh, you know, little containers. So, at night, yeah. I can just have a few and it's, it's, they're so good. Cause it's not like you can just chop right through them. You kind of got to bite right. through them and they're really good. I love it. So anyway, my, I, I want to know if I'm doing it wrong. I, I love, I love frozen grapes, like a handful.
0: I think that's a perfect way to eat fruit.
1: Okay. You know,
0: people can, it's not useful to be for or against fruit. You know what I yeah. mean? Because there, yeah. there are so many different kinds. There's so many different ways that you could be eating it and so many other things you could eat. That. Sure. So I, I think the best way to do it is exactly Like you are eating it in its whole form, especially if there's some way to manipulate it, like freezing or Mm. leaving, leaving the shell on for nuts, that sort of thing, you know, where you have to do that amount of like processing with your mouth or like crunching so that you can't just pound through them. Because that's what you want to avoid. You want to avoid pounding through fruit, pounding through grapes that are, uh, you know, room temperature would be so much easier Mm. and so much easier to do kind of just unconsciously and you're on your phone. watching something yeah so to the extent that you can avoid that treat fruits as as a treat you know Mm. that's that's as a condiment for your if you're eating a big old salad throw Mm. some sliced up fruit or a few wedges of apple grapefruit orange Mm. like have fun with it This i i see it as a way to have fun with your food but don't use fruit to fill up right like Ah,
1: that's so yeah
0: that's the critical difference where a lot of people try to you know eat an apple or eat a bunch of watermelon or eat a bunch of grapes and they're like why why am i still hungry and it's because mm. you're just pounding sugar this whole time and if you look mm. at if you look at fruit historically speaking it's been manipulated to be 5 10 times more sugary with less fiber and so when you have that combination it's it's out of sync with nature when you have the fiber com- combined with in that whole package the fiber is usually in in the skin if it's an edible Mm -hmm. skin Um, but it it can be in the meat of the fruit as well when you when you start just like adding a ton of sugar and taking away all that fiber that's when you have to treat it definitely as a as a treat Mm. that you eat not a whole grapefruit at a time but like a a couple slices at a time so you get the flavor you get yes there there are so many different compounds in many of these different fruits and, and veggies that you want access to But don't try to fill up on it. I think that's the major.
1: Mm, Yeah, no, I think that's great. And again, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, if I have fruit, it would be those frozen grapes, or it might be an apple, uh, like you said, or maybe it'll be just a few wedges. Um, But I'm not big on like, okay, I'm hungry, I'm going to go eat three apples. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, we're not going to go to, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, Okay, last question, and then I know you got to run. So it's going to go back to what I started with. Okay, my my buddy. He, he got diagnosed. Um, and just to kind of throw it out there, um, he ran a pest control company for years.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. So, just to set the stage, because um, I did ask Darren that. I'm like, what are your thoughts on that? And he's like, well, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was a betting man, I'd say probably I'd bet my farm on that. But, um, but it, you know, it is what it is, right? It, it is what it is. Um, what are... What you just got that news, whether it's yourself or someone you love, what, are, what's the first thing that you're thinking that you, that you need to, to, to do to try to combat this or to try to slow it down or whatever.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll just comment on what happened to me and my wife about a year ago when we were poisoned by carbon monoxide. There was, I a, remember the story.
1: I remember the story. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And, and can happen to people very, very easily. Yeah it shouldn't be able to happen. It's against the mm. law for, you know, the companies that have these rental houses and vehicles to not have the right equipment to monitor for carbon mm. monoxide, but many of them still do not even though they're breaking the law. So anyway, watch out for that, but uh long story short, we were staying in a in a place in Colorado that we were renting. Furnace uh had some major problems and that furnace was off-gassing um you know, basically pollution straight up into the house, into the bedroom. And a lot of that was carbon monoxide and that, that essentially suffocates you from the inside out where the carbon monoxide will displace the oxygen in, in your body. So it makes it Mm -hmm. really difficult to breathe. You're, you're breathing really heavy all the time, but you're not getting oxygen at the same time. Really rough stuff. So anyway, when you're, when you're poisoned or when you're really sick, that was one thing that I learned is that it doesn't necessarily manifest all that differently. Cause we didn't know that it was carbon monoxide, right? away. We thought it might've been coming from the water. We thought, um, oh, wow. it could have been coming from a, a variety of different things, but when you're really sick or when your body is dealing with a lot of toxins as we were, um, it manifests in a very similar way. You, you just get super sick. It's hard to track it down, but there are certain things that you can do to, to help come back. From it. And mm-hmm. that would be, um, Some of them are really obvious. We did not drink at all for many, many months as we were recovering. Um, Pushing it too hard too soon is one of the biggest risks that is not obvious. You know, Mm -hmm. even for me as a musician, coming back, I I I try to stay, I try to keep my chops up musically. I try to Mm -hmm. keep my physique up for athletic events. And both of those were taken away by getting sick. Wow. So coming back, I came back too fast with, I was moving boxes and stuff. And, and so, <laughs> uh, between kind of doing some of that lifestyle stuff too hard and trying to practice too much on the guitar and piano, I got really bad tendonitis. And that oh, set wow. me I'll be back. Even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just to generalize, you know, anyone who's kind of in that position where you, you kind of hit a new rock bottom, you're mm-hmm. trying to come out. Try to be patient with yourself. Remember that that your conditioning, whether it's your your chops in your business playing music or, you know, your your athletic events and your just body composition. It's those little things over a mm-hmm. long time that are gonna do it. So don't try to force any of those big workouts. Don't try to force like a giant reorganization of your entire lifestyle and, and way of eating and that sort of thing, I would encourage people to go for the really simple things. Try to become more conscious about it. and mm-hmm. and use this as an opportunity because unfortunately, most people out there don't value health until they've almost died, yeah. <laughs> and yes. until they've gotten that, that thing yep. or someone really close to them has almost died or actually died. And so if you're in that situation, then use that to clean everything up as much as yeah. you can to get smart about mm. what the terminology actually means about w- what the science actually says not what mm. the people say the science says <laughs> mm. what you know like mm-hmm. use this as an opportunity to do some research to educate yourself on whatever your own condition might be and also you know how nutrition and and movement fits into that because mm. I always go back to the holistic thing um and you'd be amazed by what some people can come back from like i did not know if i'd ever be able to do an interview again or, or really stand wow. up or go for another run just about a year ago almost exactly a year ago and it's crazy i did have to take six months from not working and it destroyed our business it destroyed mm-hmm. us but we had no other options so coming back is really just one step at a time and if you try to tackle if you get a cancer diagnosis if you get a really nasty diagnosis try not to be swallowed up by it because you're still here and when you can come back from something i mean it, it's just i'm so amazed by how incredible our bodies are if you hmm. if you treat them the right way and you try to feed them the nutrients they need avoid those deficiencies don't overeat too much and and move responsibly then that's pretty much like max level, no matter what your condition is. If you can do those things for the rest of your life, that's what's going to, to keep you alive. So much more so than any magic bullet or, or magic thing that might be coming in the future. It's the old school stuff that you do every yep. day that really matters.
1: Yep. No, I, I agree, man. It's, it's going back to basics a lot of times. Um, I will say uh, you know, that's exactly what my, my buddy did. Who well, He didn't eat that healthy you know, didn't have a healthy, really lifestyle, was in the pest control business for years. And, uh, and then this thing came up and it started with them, he, uh, he was having a tough time just gripping like a bolt or something. Wow, It was weird, you know, and he's just very active and he's a fisherman and like, he's just always doing stuff and just a high energy. And it just, he thought maybe he had a pinched nerve or something like that. And then after about six months, got the diagnosis. But even to this day, they don't know much about it right? Like they, they don't, and in, in the medical doctors, they just want to kind of like, well, this is what's going to happen. You might have, yeah. you know, this much time, but if you, do, if you do this one drug, you might get an extra two months. And you're like, well, you know, I'd rather just try to figure it out on my own then, right? Like it's, yeah. and, and that's pretty much what he's done. And it's, it's been just over a year, I think. And he keeps going back every three months to kind of see where it's progressed. And it's not really progressed. Wow. so. Yeah. So then one doctor was like, well, maybe we, you know, maybe it's something else that's kind of like looking like it's ALS, you know, kind of right. thing. And uh, Darren had said that he knew someone that four years ago got diagnosed, switched everything up, got their levels all tested and started filling in all the deficiencies. And they're actually going the other way where they're starting to get stronger four wow. years later. Wow. So it's like, I said to my buddy, John, I said, listen, man, you're, you're just going to be that, that one that gets and reverses it. And then you're going to share this with the world. That's what's going to happen. Exactly. You
0: know? Use it as an opportunity. You know, yeah. we're here for some reason, there's a exactly. reason that all this is going down. So let's, yep. let's try to roll with it as much as we can.
1: Yeah. Well, Abel, man, I appreciate you so much. Hey, let, let people know where they can hear more about you, your podcast, all that stuff. And we're definitely going to get you back on. You're going to be my go-to guy, man. I, I, awesome. I love chatting with you, man. Yeah. 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 yeah you
0: can so, find me. Um, the podcast is called fat burning man. You can find it at fat burning com with write-ups and over 300 ep- episodes. Um, Wild Superfoods is the name of our supplement company. My new book is called Designer Babies Still Get Scabies. And there's a lot more coming. So Fat-Burning Man is probably the best place to find.
1: Awesome. Well, Abel, man, thank you so much. And uh, stay safe. Looking great, man, after a year. I mean, looking good. Got the hair back. I love the hair. You know? <laughs> love right. it. And, and, and <laughs> you know what? I want people to go check out your music, man. You guy can rock. Guy's good. Thank really you. Really good. Thank yeah. You. Abel, thank you, man. I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you, too.
1: All right. Well, there you have it. Lots to think about, but here's the cool thing I love about Abel is he's not saying his way is the only way. What he's saying is it works for him and we have to, we have to really understand our own self and then learn from our body, but also keep it simple. Like really, that's the big takeaway. Keep it simple. These, these fads or these things that, you know, people are pushing on us, or at least making us believe is true, starts to confuse us, but if we just go way back in time, and you know, his book, you know, all about eating from the wild, really, is, you know, it's going back to basics, it's like, what did my grandfather, or my grandparents, what did they grow up on, right, they didn't have all of this other stuff, that we're not really taking into consideration, and so really, it's just going back to basics, right, and and eating good foods in moderation, um, but also, you know, getting the right amount of sleep or being in the right environment or, you know, the, the little bit of, uh, uh, you know, gratitude or, uh, you know, thinking about the water that you're drinking. And that was really cool that I, I actually uh, touched on with him. And he said that he used to think it was weird when his mother was doing it, but now he thinks it's amazing when, you know, you're, you're thinking about the water that you're drinking and being very grateful and, even having a gratitude message with it or blessing the water or just things that he has learned through the years, but then also thought years ago because he was a kid just as I was and we thought, nah, eh, we don't care about that stuff. We change as we as we grow. And that's one thing my father taught me a long time ago was that your mind is going to change every 10 years. And I believe that now, now that I'm older, uh, because there's things that I thought then that I don't think now or my mind changed. So Again, just some random thoughts there for you. But hopefully you got a lot from this. Again, it doesn't have to be a big change in your life or your diet. It's just usually those small little things that make a big, big difference. So anyway, check out Abel James. Go on over to his podcast. Check out his uh, his content over there. Just a great all-around guy. And he's a musician too. Guy can play. Guy can sing. Check out his music. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now, let's rock your brand.